Welcome to Your Voice to the World. I'm Eddie Pinero, speaker, filmmaker, and storyteller, teaming up with Terrence McMahon, retired CEO and best-selling author. Having built multi-million dollar businesses and created lifestyle brands enjoyed by millions around the world, we've established a blueprint to do more and become more. Now we're joining forces to inspire you to share your voice and build the business and lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Welcome to Your Voice to the World. I'm Eddie Pinero. I'm Terrence McMahon. And we show you how to share your voice. And build your business. My friend, what's on the docket for today? This is one, of, uh, one we've been looking forward to. It's one of my favorites. One of my favorite people, one of my favorite books, or at least concepts within a book. Poor Charlie's Almanac is a collection of all his great ideas, and he based that on Poor Richard's Almanac, which was Ben Franklin's um, famous periodical that came out every year in the colonies. It was the number two bestseller of the Bible. This was uh, Fra Ben Franklin wrote under the pseudonym Robert Saunders, and it was just ideas and things that became quite popular, and Charlie modeled uh, Ben Franklin's Almanac and Poor Charlie's Almanac. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, the 25 cognitive biases. And Charlie positions them as uh, the science of human misjudgment and super reaction. Yes, yes. And that's the, so that's a list we have behind us. It's um, most of them are pulled from Charlie's Almanac, but there's a few that we grab from other places. But it's basically ways of thinking or biases we have towards different things that we come across every day. Mm -hmm. And they have a tremendous impact, particularly in marketing, but in everything. Like you said earlier, marketing is essentially survival. Yeah. So, I mean, these things are, are really, really powerful tools just to be aware of. Um, and actually, when, you know, um, wow, I'm drawing a blank. The, the book we did last week. Riveted. Riveted. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost a continuation, uh, just more in depth. And um, some of them are more thought out. I mean, I, I really like this. You know, arguably, we could have done these in opposite order. So you can learn about the science of how to become compelling, which is riveting. And this is how to become, uh, I can use a rhyme, which is how to become more selling. This is how to sell it. This is how to create a, a simple, easily packaged statement or series of statements that you can do to create a, what Charlie's calls is a Lollapalooza. Yeah. That's like a, 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 that's when a lot of things happen at the same time and you just have this incredible instinct to overreact and super react. And a lot of times, not in your best interest. Right, right. A lot yeah. of times, it's a gotcha. Oh yeah, this 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 is a this is a a way that you can also use to defend yourself against some of these biases that are being thrown at you pretty much every day. Hell yeah, and that's what we'll do. We'll we'll kind of talk about all of them quickly, and then we also wanted to make sure. <clears throat> so we'll throw like an Amazon ad up, and we'll just for a simple product, and we'll point. A different areas on the screen and show you they're using this bias on you here this one here this one so you can be aware it's really amazing just every day uh how many times these things are thrown at us that's a good way to learn too because we take something that you may not be familiar with and you apply it to something everyone i think now is familiar with right, right. amazon's number one best-selling oh yeah uh company pretty much by a mile the everything store now and uh by Be or bezos he's number one billionaire trillionaire right he's gonna be the first trillionaire that ty lopez predicts oh really i think he'll be the first trillionaire oh. very possible 
Definitely. I know. Uh, well, actually, I don't remember the exact stat, but it was 50% of traffic online now is Amazon alone. Have you heard that? Wow. Looking it up. Yeah, check it out, Steve. I think it was 50%. Or maybe it just breached. It Amazon is expected to take almost 50% of the U.S. e-commerce market by year's end. Ooh, that's pretty amazing to think about. Well, big One. idea, huh? Might want to learn the cognitive biases that make up so many people buy Amazon. All right. Number one, incentive reward. Most common for sure. Yeah, it's the number one driver of human behavior is incentive. Like people do things for a reward. Right. Uh, driven from survival. So anytime you get an offer, a bonus, uh, some kind of two for ones, you see them a lot in grocery stores. You see them all the time on internet ads. Right. Buy one, get one free. You know, how to lose 10 pounds, fast incentives, fast and easy ways to do things. Cool. And the opposite of that is pain. So, Well, people super react the most to pain if it's present. It's reward number one unless there's pain. So people will do way more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. That's what you hear that from Tony Robbins, but you hear uh, a lot in advertising. So in other words, reward is our main priority, drives us the most. But then when we're in a state of pain, that takes control. And so the only thing we focus on is removing that. that yeah. become, so when you see these advertisers or anything, really, that are you experiencing this? Are you having trouble with this? Right. Do you want to overcome X, Y, and Z? Then my product. Right. right. That's the perfect example of putting someone in pain and then offering them a solution, your solution. Yeah, they'll want, they'll, they'll, <clears throat> usually it'll show up in the form of how something makes you feel. They might say, you are you overweight? Does that make you feel like you're uh, not approved? Does that make you feel uh, like an outcast? Or that it's always pain always shows up as a feeling. Yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, if you cool. do it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so reward, pain, social proof. This is everywhere in 2019. Social. We struggled with this one earlier. What is social proof? I mean, people do what everyone else does. Right. Well, we almost. I mean, because social social media is so. You know, I, I always think of it as um, X thousand Facebook followers. Boom, there's your social proof. Because in 2019, that's your resume. Right. So you can look at it directly or, you know, the the people in the elevator experiment. Restaurants, Yelp, um, <clears throat> reviews. If you listen to an influencer, you will see how many followers they have, how many how many comments, how many likes. Yeah. Like Steve just had a, a, a dunking video, right? In 24 hours, you have, what, 10,000 people? Yeah, 10,000 views in like a day. It was one of my better videos, yeah. Why? Uh, I think because my message was really simple. And um, also I learned from the last episode actually that I used some of the principles of the storytelling to make it very clear and just mm -hmm. gave them like a beginning, middle, and end and just kept it concise. And I think that helped a lot because I usually have a lot of noise with like all the too much information. And I feel like it's a lot better if I just yeah. keep it simple. A lot of reward in the, in the dunk, you know, want to learn how to dunk. What's, mm -hmm. your, what's your tagline? Dunk and do anything. Dunk and do anything. That's Boom. actually two cognitive biases. It's, it's incentive, but it's also something called cognitive fluency. It's super easy to understand. Uh, a lot of people have messages. They're too, too, too clumpy. People can't connect to them. Yeah. And once we get the cognitive fluency, if they're easy to understand, they're more likely to be found to be true no matter what. That's true. It was a good episode. You know exactly what you're in for you know, the whole yeah. time. Nice good. job. Thanks. Good, good. Um, when I mentioned the elevator thing, just simple. Uh, basically, there was this experiment where there were people in an elevator and they weren't facing forward. They were facing the side. And so when someone walks into an elevator, 
more times than not, the person just conforms and stands and like awkwardly stands with everyone else <laughs> facing this side of the wall. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. That's a throwback. I think that might have been from undergrad, but uh, yeah. So we should cool. do that in a way to lunch. We're going to lunch in a second. We get in the elevator. We're all stand backwards. We should see what people do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's what social proof you know social proof is. is like you do what everybody else uh, does, uh, and I don't know why that's the case. I think it's probably along the lines of everything in these cognitive biases are evolution. I mean, we've all conformed as a, as a communities, and yeah. people do what what is what everybody else does to conform. We should all pick a word and like say it when it hits the fourth floor or something. Yeah. <laughs> you just said that like it was reasonable. You're like, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Uh, number four, scarcity. Mm. What do you got for scarcity? Scarcity is, uh, we'll be showing you uh, an example on Amazon in a second, but it's like, makes you feel like this is your one chance. It's like, buy in the next 10 minutes because this offer's going away. Right. Or when you know that, it's almost like uh, in the dating world, <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. you're so interested in this person because it feels so like unobtainable and then it works out and you're like, Oh, well, <laughs> you, and you, you get, you get like that, right? When you, when they don't call you back, if you want to, you want somebody, they say, say it's like a cat. You want someone, if you don't pay attention to a cat, it jumps in your lap. If you chase it, it runs away. Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's like a really scarcity. Like, it. yeah. It's like, you want what you can't have. That's, that's you're like, go, you go instinct. dark on somebody that you become scarce. You're difficult. You're hard to get. I mean, if, uh, you know, who's scarce is Daniel day Lewis only does like one movie every 10 years. Really? That's it. He doesn't do very many movies. He's one of the best actors ever. Yeah. What's the last movie he did? Um, jeez. He probably won the award for it. He wins the award for everything. Do you know, Steve? I have a computer, so yeah. Well, you figure that out, but he's, he, the, he's the opposite of the MasterCard guy. <laughs> Who's the guy who's got 300? Uh, yeah, Samuel Jackson's yeah, got like yeah, 3,000 exactly. movies. So yeah, you get him to, you can get, we probably get him in this podcast for like 700 bucks. <laughs> oh <my laughs> guy God. wants to, he wants to make it up with volume, but scarcity, and you know, he made himself scarce, so everyone wants him. He played, I remember he played Lincoln. Mm. I'm uh, him and, um, was it was the girl that played opposite Lincoln? He, she played Mary Todd. It was uh, Sally Field. They they talked in character for like a year on the phone. Oh really? Yeah, that's pretty. As cool. Lincoln and and he does a great job, but he but he makes himself scarce, so I'm sure they pay him more. Does there will be blood ring a bell? That's there, there that will might be, blood. be years old. There will be blood. I don't know. I don't know. I'm you I'm, got, I'm swinging it. Yeah, yeah uh, Phantom Thread. It says his final film was Phantom Thread. Oh wow. Maybe he didn't want to. Super <laughs> scarce. Yeah. Um, what well, right. brings us to the next one, which is novelty. Mm. The novelty bias. Howlame. Uh, What's what's novelty? It's just new. I mean, this is this uh, this phone is only a couple months old and it's novel. Like it was, the, it's the upgrade, the 1.0, the 2.0, the X, the 10, the 10X. You want to have what's novel. Uh, you ever hear the term "the novelty wore off"? Yes. You want another one? Shiny objects. It's all novelty. Uh, when you're when you're forging your message, you want to become interesting and riveted, which is our last episode. Novelty is a huge part of that. Well, you can't go into an Apple store without being upsold. Yeah. Everything looks so new and exciting. It's like, ah. It's like speaking gigs. You don't take a lot of speaking gigs, right? You deliberately don't want to travel a lot. Right. So when you get speaking gigs and you do the same with your request for speeches that you get a lot of and you don't do them because right. why? Um, well, because I, I like to spend my time on other things, but also I like picking and choosing the ones that are the most relevant, the ones I'm most excited about. And it allows some scarcity when you're talking to someone. It's like, eh, I don't just do these with everyone. Yeah. You know, this is a, a, a rare thing. So it helps me as the 
uh, freelancer. Well, you could charge more too. If you're scarce, you right. can charge more. Right. Um, you know, I, a year ago I started speaking. I was, it was hard to get deals, and now I get too many. I don't want to travel all the time either. So I've created like a scarce. And when I talk to people, I, you know, I say I don't do these that frequently. I do maybe a couple a month, and if I do, I don't want to. You know, I want to spend spend all my time on airplanes. That way, I don't want to be like Samuel Jackson. I want to be more like Daniel Day Lewis. Right. I want to do fewer, bigger deals and a lot of little ones. That's so novelty uh, and scarcity all together. And then, boom! Next on the list, we're we're moving through these. This is awesome. These are these are these are the most important. We're going to give you one thing at the end of this episode that's going to be complete proof, social proof that this works, in the form of an Amazon ad, which is the number one top business now the everything store with the richest man in the world running it using cognitive triggers in the amazon ads we'll go through that in a sec yep cool cool so moving straight through authority um authority bias essentially your doctor tells you something wrong because of that position uh of authority that the doctor holds you know you you take that as truth you automatically give someone maybe an undeserved amount of authority and sometimes simply written short books with easy ideas are assumed to be true because the person wrote them, not necessarily are true. Right. Or accurate. Right. And I remember we talked about this like way, maybe episode one, the idea of credibility. It's like, when does that happen? And, and I, because I remember with the, with the YouTube thing and sharing my thoughts and ideas at some point along the way, People start really wanting your opinion on things, and it's like when <laughs> when did the authority or credibility sort of emerge? And you realize just how elusive it is. You know what I mean? It's it's this. I don't want to say facade, but it's definitely cr- created. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting. Credit credibility is is not authority. Credibility, I guess, what credibility is like credit. Like you get good credit when you have a track record of proven results. Authority doesn't necessarily need a track record. Like you can create an illusion that you're uh, an expert at something. They're linked, though. You can't have authority without credibility. Perception of credibility. Right. Yeah. Well, that's exactly my point. Yeah. It's like when at what point are you credible enough to have that authority? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Credibility and authority. They're cousins. Commitment. Consistency. Commitment, consistency. This is the uh, Jiffy Lube bias. You go in for an oil change and you leave with windshield wipers. And <laughs> yeah, you, keep, you keep saying yes because they keep giving you, you, you they'll keep selling you stuff till you say no. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And the more, no, more yeses you say, the harder it is to say no. It's a commitment, consistency. Right, right. The origin of this, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's greater ones, but Charlie talks about it in his YouTube video, which you got to check out 25 Cognitive Biases, uh, Charlie Munger on YouTube. It's about an hour. And rewatch that. You'll start to develop an immune system to the biases when they're thrown at you by advertisers and marketing. Uh, and you'll start to be able to understand how to use them to influence people. Yeah. You know, influence means influentary, which means to flow into. Um, but consistency, commitment, consistency bias was, um, or the origin of it was like, uh, brainwashing the religion and the the Chinese, yeah, the Chinese used to torture. They didn't torture people. They'd brainwash you. They're way more effective to brainwash you, to get you to say a series of small yeses over the period of a long time. Yeah. And then they're pretty soon, you know, they go from, uh, not saying anything to giving away 
uh, you know, war plans and, and secret plans to bases and stuff because they get them to first degree that maybe they were betrayed by a friend and maybe the country overtaxed them on something and they'll they'll get them to continue to agree to things and pretty soon they're they're turning it. So those small yeses evolve into monster yeses. And in advertising, you'll see like a free something to you. You know, if you want to get a book free, you know, you get a free book. Just pay mm -hmm. for the shipping. That's a small yes. And then they may sell you something that has very large value for a very small price. And you'll say yes to that again because it is extreme value. And then they'll, they'll, they'll bring you up that what they call that value curve. Yeah. And it happens. All Would you say it's the definition of a bit like a funnel in business, sales funnel? It's totally. just commitment, yeah. consistency bias. Yeah. Well, anything is. I mean, if you want to, you got to meet your customer where they can say yes. If you want a new relationship, you got to meet them where they can say yes to you. Yeah. You can't go for the big you know, I want to get married. You see, you got to go on a date and if they won't date you. They got to accept some correspondence with you. Right. There's, it's got whatever you can say yes at. And I teach my, you know, the people I coach for selling and recruiting, I teach them to get the, the lowest common yes possible mm. and work your way up there from there. Lowest common. Yeah. And don't skip steps. Right. There's certain things you need to do to establish a buyer or a buying, buying pattern or certain things you need to do to establish a relationship. Right. What do we say about relationships? Promises made. Promises kept. Yeah. Simple. Totally. And when you mentioned the video where he talks about that and he talks about the Chinese water torture, Chinese to brainwashing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Two different things. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's an amazing video. Yeah. Um, so obviously the book's incredible, but I've listened to that that on loop a few times too. We should link that at the bottom for oh, people. Oh, totally. That's, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. It, it happens a lot. Um, and we're rolling on through. We're gonna, we're gonna give you a little background about what these are and how you can use them. And, and be aware. Have your antennas up. When someone's someone's working you or someone's trying to get you to do something, learn from the great great ones. Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger. They go through their list when they buy investments again, mm -hmm. and they always say, "Are they being influenced? Are they committed to something too much? Are they giving it too much novelty? Is it too scarce? Is the salesman putting them in pain? Yeah. Creating what the fear of missing out type Definitely. of thing. So from a defense standpoint, and yeah. then also to tell your own story, it doesn't matter what you have, what value you have to give to the world if you can't, if you aren't able to persuade. And so in some regard, you know, there's obviously ethical ways of doing this, but you, you, mm. you need these biases if you want to influence the world around you. You see, you, you see, um, Ethical. Uh, I mean, some some internet marketers get annoyed with us. It's for, just for, trashy. for, for sharing yeah, the yeah. science. This is science. I mean, this is you know, if you know the science, you can you can influence people. This is this is a a pattern here is very true. Right. And we'll see it with with the Amazon case study, but uh, envy and jealousy. Uh, you see a video and someone rents a, a Lamborghini, and gets out of it and starts talking to a camera. All of a sudden, you're giving them an undue amount of authority, you have envy, jealousy going, and then they sell you something perhaps novel, right? Now you have what, what Charlie Munger in the book calls the Lollapalooza effect, when you combine more than one of these together and it happens all the time. Right. So it's pretty cool. Cool, cool, yeah, with the LSE envy, jealousy thing. Yeah. You know, the, that quote in uh, um, where Charlie Munger says it's not greed. It makes the world go around. It's it's envy and jealousy. Envy. Yeah. Yeah. See a lot. You see a lot. A lot of envy. I mean, you can't help yourself sometimes because we're all uh, going to riveted. What makes you riveted are things that increase or decrease your status. So mm -hmm. I think jealousy and envy drives that whole bus. 
things that can give you better status, which you, you know, you're envy people and you're driving to, towards them and you're running away from and away and up from people coming after you. That's a good point. Like a pretty direct link to status. Totally. Cause that's yeah. all it is. Observation. Yeah. yeah. Um, reciprocity. This one's pretty, pretty simple. It's, I do something for you. You do something for me. It's the free, you know, X with sign up and you know, um, Jonathan Haidt talks about this too and, and the power of reciprocity. Um, people feel obligated to return favors that are done to them. Social contract. It's, it's very powerful. There's a couple instances. Uh, in fact, uh, this book here, Sheldini uh, on influence talks about how the, uh, the airport, you ever have them give you the Harry Christians give you an air, a flower at the airport. You've mentioned this. Yeah, before, they walk. Yeah. They walk up to you and they give you a flower. They almost put it in your in your face. So you you know the human nature is to take it. It was a, a gift, and they don't want any money. They'll specifically tell you they don't. But then they'll ask them if you'd like to make a donation. You can make a donation to our to our cause. Um, in 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 our old business, you know, it's to sell a lot of insurance. And they say, well, how do you make a new client? One of the easiest ways to do that is to buy someone lunch or buy someone dinner. And, and pay, make sure you pay, and then you've created a social contract so they may grant you an appointment. You can't sell them based upon that, but they may give you an appointment, which is an opportunity to create that consistent, uh, that's something they can say yes to, and reciprocity will make them more likely to say yes. Right, right. Pretty cool, huh? That is really cool. Yeah. Denial? Denial. I mean, denial is, uh, you see that in a lot of courtrooms. Uh, there's someone on trial, like Jeffrey Dahmer's on trial for heinous crimes, like unthinkable crimes. His mother is behind him in the first row in 100 years, didn't think her beautiful little son did that. And complete right. denial. Um, you know, excessive self regard. You and I talk about that, that people think they're better than they really are at certain things. Mm -hmm. you know, that's why most, like 85% of all drivers think they're above average. They're excessive, excessive self-regard. Place their value way too high. Yeah. Curiosity, your specialty. There's one thing that you can do that can get two times the subscribers that you have now easily. Right. That's curiosity. Clickbait. Right. Right. Yeah. There's one. There's one thing. One. One food that you're eating right now. That I saw you eat yesterday. That I just read an article. It's going to kill you early. What's the thing, three things we have in common that they're almost surprise you? I don't know. What? Right? No, haven't you used that before? Well, yeah, we do it to each other all day long just to see if it works. And we, once you learn these, these biases, you start playing with them. You try to create Lollapalooza to everybody else. You know, I have a new, a new way to get way more audience members than ever before. And there's only 10 minutes to make a decision. Yeah. It's like three or four at a time. Curiosity is a, a huge one. Confirmation bias. Oh my God. Everywhere. That's your favorite. Well, you know, I'm kind of, I kind of stay out of the political, you know, we by design don't talk politics on this, but you, I know people that are excessively supportive of both sides. I have friends on both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. uh, it's funny. It's from, some, some are from my old world, more, more other friends are from my new world. And they, and they all these passionate uh, positions, but they only take in the information that supports their confirmation. Echo chambers. Yeah, the, like the, 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 the sperm can get into one egg, and once the egg gets fertilized with sperm, this, the egg shuts down, it doesn't let anything else in. Mm. The brain's like that with confirmation. Once your idea's in there, what do you say? He says, whatever you shout out, you're, you, you pound it into your brain. Like you're, you're standing for, I'm a, you know, I'm for this candidate or I'm from that candidate. And you'll only start sharing ideas that 
support that. Yeah. It's and confirmation bias. Charlie Munger, <clears throat> he says that that's, he, he thinks that's a tragedy. That's one of, um, you know, a big downfall with the youth yep. being so proactive and, you know, protesting and being anti this, that. And he's like, what do you, you're young. What do you know? And the problem is once you take a stance like that and once you start advocating so strongly for mm-hmm. a s- certain cause or certain side, you stop listening to the yeah. other side. The confirmation bias becomes the driver in what you're doing. Well, the good the good politicians know all these biases. They're trained with the high paid speechwriters to put you in pain, to create a, a, a reward, right? To make the solutions scarce and to confirm that their way is the way. It's actually incredibly unhealthy for the country. I mean, I mean, you're right. It's been it is politics. They're literally right. the same thing. Yeah, the, it, loaded with them. But it's it's not a, a good thing. <laughs> you think? I mean, look at look at the elections. I mean, they 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 come up one somebody will come up with a new idea or a new plan, which mm-hmm. is novel, right? Yep. And they're going to create an environment. If nothing happens soon, scarcity, the country's going to be in severe pain. Yep. And that's Lollapalooza. So the the effective communicators of that, and all these politicians are amazing communicators. Excessive self regard. <laughs> I am the one that can take you out of this problem. I can fix it. Right. Oh, well, yeah. They got to have the they got to have the authority. Yeah. So, the, so if you see the, 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 when every time that happens, we talked about neurocoupling, when you and I tell a story that parts of our brains light up. Right. So if I tell you a story that's hitting these evolutionary triggers, your brain's lighting up and you and I are getting in rapport, even if you're watching a video. Right. Um, and that, that, that creates the Lollapalooza. That creates that super reaction or misjudgment, depending on how they're using the data. And politicians are using this this science this is this is neuroscience this is a uh, proven and it happens and what is more proof more social proof than these working amazon yeah and what we have uh is the fire stick 4k let's talk about well, this, this is this is the a lollapalooza if i've ever seen one <laughs> <laughs> main stage lollapalooza well, where, where did Amazon come from? I mean, think about it for a second. Amazon is a relatively new company, right? It's maybe mm-hmm. under 20 years old, isn't it? Uh, God, I'm not sure. 90, 99 was that video we were just watching where Bezos was talking about his new bookstore and his idea. So yeah, started with books. Right. And he started with, he started with getting uh, rare books available to people, which is a bias, by the way, called the availability heuristic. So if you put somebody in pain and you want to create something new and scarce, you need, you need to make it available. Nothing happens unless you give them a way out, which is availability. So Amazon's built on the availability heuristic, meaning they make things available. And early on it was books, and then it ended up being like... Everything you need. That's this book, The Everything Store. Yeah. Uh, look at, look at, the, look at the, the cognitive triggers in a typical Amazon end. Like, what do you see? All right. Well, there's. Uh, I see fifty nine thousand reviews. It's definitely social proof all over the thing. Yeah. Um, scarcity. Scarcity. It shows up in the form of. If you only buy eleven left amount yeah. of time, right? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It runs out. Yeah. They, they do it a lot of times. They'll do one left. Do you really think there's one left in the Amazon warehouse? You know what, though. Is it possible? I, probably not. But like, I didn't. I what's scary is like I until we started talking about this. Until I read that and started listening to Charlie Munger, I never even thought about it. I'm just like, oh, like 
Okay. Yeah, I want that That's one. That's what's in stock, yeah. you know, but it's 100% BS. There's zero chance that there's one of everything on I this just, website. I just bought it while in our break. Our camera wasn't working. So on the break, I quickly, I haven't, I haven't, uh, bought my ticket to go home for Thanksgiving yet. So I ran, I jumped on American airlines and I want to, I don't want to sit in the middle and there was only one ticket left is the one left. And it was right after we went through this list. I said, it's like, they're doing it to me and they can actually hold up a sign since we're going to put you in a Lollapalooza effect. We're going to make you buy something <laughs> and you're going to super react. You're probably going to react like, it's going to be a misjudgment and you do it anyway. It's like, we're going to take advantage of you. Buckle up. Yeah. One ticket left and you choose your seat and there's 14, 15 seeds. Yeah. Um, novelty, right? The 4K component. Yeah. They, they upgraded it from the 3K. Latest and greatest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like the phone. Got to have it. And I'm looking at a cracked screen on my iPad. I went into the iPad store the other day and I have a crack on my screen here. And this is, I know for, I know better my, I know my own name that this can be repaired like for a hundred bucks or two. I dropped it as I always do. And I got in line, I waited in the line and, and there was, looked like a homeless shelter. It was 9 million people there. And a kid finally gets up to me and says, oh, there's a new one of these, right? And we, then he also says, and we don't, I, I, think, I think we have one in stock. Let me look. It's like he's banging me with two right out of the gate, like novelty and scarcity. Yep. And I, I was very proud of myself. Remember I came home and said I didn't buy it? Right. Like I literally, but I still have the cracked screen. But you that, stayed strong. Yeah, but that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, a perfect example. You're going to see it in, in, in videos. You're going to see it in, in, um, in the stores. You're going to see it driving around on the old, old way with billboards Yeah. and radio and TV, right. but you're going to see it where you really got to watch out for it is in interact interpersonal reactions and you can really get hurt there. Like people one upping each other like that, like your exact situation, right? Yeah. Um, what about contrast? The uh, big X through the original price. Well, you, when you compare, you get, you make something look better by comparing it to something that looks worse. So in, in, in Amazon, they'll typically say it's, they'll, they'll, they'll combine contrast and reward. They'll say was two ninety nine. In this case, this was forty nine ninety nine. Now it's twenty four ninety nine. And then you'll instantly say uh, save twenty five dollars. Right now. Boom. Like those are all, those are all cognitive trivers. So it's got to be a great deal, right? 25 bucks is a lot. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> but all of it, when it comes together in, in an ad, and, and look at this ad. I mean, this ad is, it's got colors that, that have like, they draw your attention to the buying ticket. You want to buy now. You want to add it to your cart. It's got, it's triggering off reward. It's putting you in a uh, fear of missing out with scarcity and socially provable novel product bam they buy it and that's what happens every single time you open up amazon so if you really want to get a good result in my opinion you start to train yourself to be aware walk around all day and see if you can make a list of every single thing you have that you see that's offered to you that has a cognitive bias attached to it everything be hundreds of them by the end of the day hundreds but it's good to know it's really it's helpful Let's change gears. All right. Let's talk about how that applies to our podcast. And the reason we, we give you this information, this is science that you can learn. And you can learn it by watching this. You can learn it by being aware. But you can also learn it by reading this. And this is uh, page 441 in this book. And actually, in the, in the uh, Charlie Munger's book, The Complete Investor, it's in chapter four. It's repeated. Uh, and you can learn that science and in the YouTube video. But let's talk about how you can use the cognitive biases in an ethical way to 
share your voice and build your business. Let's talk about the very capable, the very sexy, the Duncan do anything man, Mr. <laughs> Steve Selly. Hey. Steve. So yes. we're going to do a case study and we're going to do it on your little business, sure your thing. dunking business. So uh, what's your message? Talk about your message. Well, I thought about this recently and I was thinking a quick way to kind of tell the full story. Um, two things. I actually wanted to bring it by you to see what you thought about. One of them was a simple, simple formula, hard work. And that would kind of be aligned with an image that says like strength and speed. So the, those are the two foundations of jumping higher is like you need to build your strength, need to build your speed. But it's very simple, and it's like if you do those two things, you'll succeed. But it's just hard work to do it. So it's a simple formula, but you have to put it very hard Let's work. work backwards from the outcome. Sure. Right? What's the outcome that someone that follows you around ultimately will get? Jump higher and dunk. Okay. So what's the, what's the outcome? What's the, what's, what's the, that's the, I think the, because in the, what do they say in the story brand? There's always the external objective, then there's the internal objective, then there's a philosophical objective. Right. Right. So like in Tesla, the, the external objective is I need a car. The internal objective is I want to have something trendy and cool and, you know, maybe increase my status. And the third one, the philosophical one is about um, changing the world. Right. About, like improving yeah, the world. Something that's good for the world. Like that's good. And in financial services, when we sold financial services, the objective, number one, was a client wants help making financial decisions. Number two, that was the external. The internal was that they're confused and they're frustrated and they're overwhelmed by technology and choices. And the third one is the philosophically, they said, well, we, they shouldn't have to surf through the internet to get important guidance, things that affect their family. Right. So the, those are the three things. So in Duncan Do Anything, the external, the external um, message is you can learn how to dunk. Physically, yeah. What's the... Internal. Internal probably be something about like you want to beat your competition or you don't feel like you can achieve something that's hard to achieve, like being able to be a disciplined person type of thing. And what's that philosophical? Philosophical is believing in yourself, something along those lines. Philosophical is kind of hard because I think of the Tesla example with changing the world, but with dunking, it's kind of like being all you can be. Yeah. I don't know. Recreation, becoming. Right. A better version of yourself. Would that be philosophical or is that still internal? Well, I like what I liked about this last time we did this. Remember, it was because I was saying, well, can I dunk? And you said, maybe. Like, <laughs> if I can touch the rim, I can dunk. Well, I just tried. I can't touch the rim. Yeah. All right. So I used to be able to. Excessive self-regard. I cannot touch the rim anymore. So I probably can't dunk. Why would I follow you? Uh, to work on every other aspect that it comes with the chasing of the mm. goal. Like the physical components, the mental aspects that change into trying to better yourself in every way. Yeah, your metaphor, I mean, the master metaphor guy, like dunk and do anything, like is a metaphor. If you can dunk, if you can learn the science of technology of accomplishing something like dunking, as I did, then you can do anything. It's interesting because the reward is not dunking necessarily. Right. Like the reward is some type of mental and physical transformation. Right. So... For you, dunking ha happens to be the path to getting there. But it's like, follow me. I'm dunking. You can, you can do. That's, you know. that's kind of the interesting thing about it is that, like, obviously the dunking is very niche. And it has, like, do I market to that audience? But I also like all the facets that, br that it brings. So mm -hmm. it's kind of tough to make that connection to everybody. Like, for example, like someone like you that 
why would they come to me? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not my market, but also I do want to do something greater. So it is kind of cool to try to figure yeah. out how to make that message through dunking. And I think you answered that, though. I yeah. think you answered that perfectly. I mean, there's reason for everyone to follow. Like, one, the entertainment, which we talked about right. last time. Cool. But two, because it is inspiring. Right, which you know? is novelty, right? It's kind of novel to see a five foot ten white guy dunk. <laughs> yeah. Right, so that gets their attention. And that's actually yeah. funny you bring that up because yeah. it's like, um, I think you mentioned this to me, to me earlier. I watch a lot of dunks. I'm in the dunk world very heavy. Yeah. So I realized that was a bias of my own that I was thinking it wasn't as novel as it is because I'm so deep in it that it, to me it felt like average at this point. But, but when I started, it didn't feel average at all. It felt very novel. But since it's been like five to eight years of seeing so many guys just like myself do it, it doesn't feel novel anymore that I kind of forgot that in my business model. Right. Right. So using, you know, the reason we went through that for a quick second is to say the outcome is you can dunk and do anything. Like the science of dunking allowed you to figure out the science to re- reproduce anything, any result. It can be worked towards. And you need to forge that into a message. Right. And that's kind of where you would use these biases. Like the re- you would have a reward. It be, would be a result of doing something. Uh, novelty would be, you know, a new, a new program. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be ultimately selling a program or doing coaching, it'd be a new program. And, you know, your authority is obvious. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I'm looking through the list right now. I, it's, do you ever bring up the pain um, component? No, and I think that goes to my personality is that I kind of, I, like, I've noticed part of my, like, brand is that I want to help inspire people mm-hmm. and I don't like to tell them that anything's wrong with them or anything like that. So I feel like maybe I could find a way to do that. But when I think of pain, I feel like it's negative. So, well... But I know it's not, but I just got to find a way to use my yeah, message, maybe too. maybe just to bring awareness to their current state. Exactly. So you tell know? them, like, for, like, the dunk and do anything is that, like, you can do a lot better. So if I say, like, you're going you're gonna to continue. I think the way I thought about it in my own head was if you continue down the path of not following me, which, again, sounds arrogant, which is I don't like that bias. Right. But it's like if you don't follow me, you're going to continue to just be average and your life's going to be mediocre. Yeah. And that's pain, but I, I don't even like saying that too much because it feels bad, but it's... But it connects the dot. Like, does. monotony it, it is does. a type of pain. Yeah. You'll be a nice you know? guy that makes no money if you don't right. use pain. <laughs> exactly. You'll, right. you'll have a lot of views on YouTube, but you right. can't eat them. Right. <laughs> I'll try. But the, the, you know, the... I mean, I'm just saying, for, for, I've written some sales copy in the years. What you would say in, in that world, if you want to attract people that want to dunk and can't, mm-hmm. you say, you know, have you always wanted to dunk? you know dunking you maybe add some statistics like people that dunk are more draftable they get better scholarships in college they their 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 careers are longer um but if you can't dunk you may feel like you're you know you're not achieving your best you Mm -hmm. might feel like you're a tall person that someone for some reason can't dunk Mm -hmm. and you put them in the pain and then you instantly put them in a uh you give them a reward or an outcome Mm -hmm. you know my program i've taught people how to dunk like then you'd, you'd add social proof, like Bill, like John, like like Bill. Mm-hmm. Two Bills, for some reason. <laughs> Why do you have so many people named Bill in your program? <laughs> and if your name's Bill, we have a special program. Yeah, those are testimonials, which are a big part of... I mean, testimonials, for the good or for the bad, sell, but they're also uh, definitely a, 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 something that helps people super react to, to buy your product. I mean, they want, they want proof that it works. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's a perfect example of having the value... Because Steve definitely has the value of the channel. It comes down to using these to tell your story to make people understand the value. Right. You know, that's kind of, I mean, everyone deals, I, I 
go through that all the time with my content online. How do I, I know when I put something out, this is going to help people. How do I best position it so they understand it's going to help them? You know, why do you think, why do you think some do so much better than others? Like you, you, I constantly see you like groveling over a video. You put a ton of work into didn't do as well. And right. one that was more simple did really well. Like the old runners, I think you do really well with runners. Yeah, well, I think yeah. that answer. Actually, the running thing is is an algorithmic thing that I, I just found out doing some research. Mm -hmm. When you have success in a certain area, the algorithm ties your channel to that area. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I've seen multiple instances where, where that's been uh, suggested. But um, I, you answered the question, though, simplicity. When people know what they're going to get, how it's right. going to help them, you know, searchability. That the idea of YouTube is a search engine. Yeah, the, I think it comes down to the title, right? Yep. If you look at the title, that was cognitive fluency. Um, that some people get simple, like dunk and do anything instead of saying, I'm a short person that learned how to dunk. <laughs> and I think <laughs> yeah, I can exactly. teach you how to do that too. If you just follow my nine step formula, like that's not compelling. That's busy. It doesn't elicit emotion and they, everything in here is emotion. So when you have a, biz, a video like, you know, the ones that did well for you. I know they're all their titles are really simple and short, right? So cognitive fluency. And then number one, like what is the reward? If people right. don't know what they're getting, what they're taking away after right. they engage with your content or your product, you, you almost, you don't have a shot. Like that's gotta be crystal clear. Um, with the, the, with its co-pilot, you know, what pain will you be in if you don't do it? Right. Right. You know, how will how will not doing this affect your life today? Yesterday, how did it affect your life, and how will it affect your life tomorrow? Right, right. Like the big pain, the big cost is not doing it. You know, the big a, a big cost was what what happened because you didn't do it, but a way bigger cost is what's going to happen if you don't do it. That's perfect. Yeah. So commitment, my most viewed video. The reward is more happier, mm -hmm. healthier life, success. The pain. The offside or the the other side of that's regret. I mean, that's pretty simple. But you know, going through that video, I make that clear. It's like if you don't um, commit to something, you will have this regret. You will have this feeling that a lot of us have, like, oh man, I could have done this. I could, mm -hmm. right. uh, but I didn't, and that's the worst. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's without even know. I mean, that was four years ago. That's without even knowing yeah. what a cognitive bias was. Well, you, you're, a, I don't know, well, actually we talked about this two episodes ago. You're really, really talented in an area where people are bad, which is short copy, writing really deep messages in very few words. It's Certainly very challenging to do. And when you hit the spot, you hit the spot. Right. I right. mean, that's, that's just, uh, what is uh, I mean, uh, Walmart is discounted retail. Like two words that talk about the entire company. I had a pretty interesting bias of my own that like went back to um, telling people that I have the authority. You brought that up, and that uh, I thought it was a really good story to share about myself because when I was making my YouTube videos, it came from like my own bias of like I think it's like low self esteem, not thinking I have the authority, even though I achieved these things. I felt like because I was so average and so um, non-athletic when it started, I thought because I could do this, anybody could do it. It didn't feel like an authority once I got there. So when I would market myself, I wouldn't say like, I have the authority to teach you what you can do. I felt like, oh, anybody can do this. It's nothing special. So mm. that's like almost like the opposite of excessive self-regard. Imposter or like, syndrome, right? Yeah, it's like, exactly. And it's also like the, uh, 
like the denial like i was in denial sort of that it was like i didn't have the authority to show people what to do but now i'm realizing like back to the novel thing i was saying is that it's not as common as i think it is because it's it's just not <laughs> but it's it's hard to see because it's like I, I had my own bias for so long and i felt like it was like a pattern in my brain and it's like i've done it it was it took me forever i've seen people do more and I, it's like i'm so deep in that world that I, I forget it's still like a small percentage of what people think Okay. Isn't it amazing how just the story you tell yourself dictates everything? So like that happened for a variety of reasons. You know, mm -hmm. you didn't feel adequate at the time. You didn't think it was special enough. This is a story that you're telling yourself. And so you're living that out. If that story was different, just that simple tweak, like I'm the man. Yeah. Everything changes. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really interesting thing. It's a danger, I mean, danger too, right? Remember the self-serving bias? The, 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 well, she, they said something about Mother Teresa that you were laughing about. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it was... Um, they oh, were, they talked about heaven. They were polling celebrities. Yeah. And they were like, what percentage <laughs> would, would, you know, this celebrity, what percentage are, are they going to heaven? And like 79% of people thought Mother Teresa would go to heaven. 83% thought that they themselves would go to heaven. <laughs> they were more likely to go to heaven than Mother Teresa. Right, right. <laughs> Self-serving bias. That's interesting. Um, that's interesting. You, you have the, uh, I don't know, remember the call that talked about the Dunning-Kruger effect? And you have it a little bit, Steve, because you've been doing it long enough. You have mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of people that seen you do what you do. And now you take for granted what you do. Mm -hmm. And it's what Dunning-Kruger is, it's a cognitive bias where people that have low amounts of time and low amounts of experience think they're very very much better right, than right, they right. are. And people that are doing things a long time with high amounts of experience don't think they're as good as they really are. Mm -hmm. You see that with pilots yeah. in airplanes. I think I talked about that before. But these things show up like mm -hmm. all the time. And if you're aware of them, you can package your story in your business mm -hmm. to, you know, to create uh, influence to flow your ethical idea into them and to create that Lollapalooza where people react and they want to become part of what you're doing. Right. If it's done well and done correctly and done ethically. I agree. The, with the self-serving bias, the, um, the challenge that I've found is particularly, you know, exploring and experimenting creatively steve same exact thing you're talking about it's you're aware right self-serving mm -hmm. but you're aware of your biases right you're aware and you don't want to be delusional but you can't let that get in the way of confidence either so it's like particularly when you're in uncharted waters and you put something out into the world it's like is this good how do i gauge that right um i got i got one for you hit me Sunken cost bias. Mm. So what's that? Sunken cost. So I made a video about this uh, a, a while ago, and I used a piece of pizza to talk about our pizza. Yeah. I was uh, having dinner and got this pizza, and I finished maybe two-thirds of it, and I just didn't want the pizza. And I'm like, but I paid for it. So I'm painfully stuffing my <laughs> face. I'm like, I'm going to get my money's worth with this pizza. Right. And, uh, I mean, clearly... Not healthy, but you're you're invested. You might as well keep going, right? <laughs> Very unhealthy. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I just didn't want it. I just didn't want it. And it's disgusting. I was torturing myself. But there's, there's Steve says it's disgusting. Yeah, but you ever watch a sh like a bad movie? I can't say the word S H I T because your grandmother got mad that Man, I did it. Nana, we're sorry. I love that. Hi, Nana. Uh, <laughs> I won't do it. You, you've, you've influenced me from afar. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. 
But sunken cost biases, if you're, well, let's say you're watching a crappy movie and you're an hour and a half into the movie, it's a three hour movie, and you drove to the movie theater, you're on a date, you got popcorn, you're sitting there, the movie sucks. Right. You stay to the end. Yeah, because you feel like you're invested. But in business, I can't tell you how many different times I've chased something that won't work. I mean, right. I, I just chased a, you know, I bought this uh, company that I thought was, was really, really good, and it, it did nothing for like two years. Nothing, nothing. Right. And instead of giving up on it and say it's over, partially because of, authority, of some biases that existed, I put more money into it, and now it's gone still. Like, Is that part of the commitment bias as well? Because it's totally. Like, yeah. 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 Commitment, consistency, right. authority. These are all happening when you make uh, an obvious error. If I asked any one of 10 of my best buddies that are good business people, all 10 would say, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing You've you could do. You've come too far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, the frog in, in, the, in the speech. She's talking about um, you throw a frog in hot water, it'll pop right back out. You put it in, you know, cool water and you slowly heat the water up. He's not aware of the heat. So the frog will drown or will burn because um, he doesn't have that instantaneous shock to jump out. And so right. Charlie Munger goes, I can't tell you how many uh, how many businessmen I know that are that frog just yeah. kind of melting away. Um, you know, and they work against you. You think you think you're better than you really are. Yeah. You think your product's better than it maybe really is. It's that balance between this is really good and I'm really good, which is confidence and, and real novelty and, you know, and real reward versus like how much of that's fake information that you're giving yourself that you're, right. you keep chasing. Uh, we used to call it chasing rainbows. That's why you need a good yeah. circle around you. Yeah. You need people around you that will tell you, dude, you're no. Yeah. Friend. Uh, it's called a friend. Yeah, I guess. I guess in the dictionary. Yeah. yeah. Um, we all give each other permission. Right? Well, friends. Yeah. Yeah. But there are certain things that like friends validate, but they don't know from a business standpoint what works or, you know, like, let me put it this way. I've sent a lot of things or shared a lot of things and people go, yeah, it's great, man. Is it? Uh, I don't know. It's, not, it's a liking bias. They like you. They might not want to. See, the problem is everyone likes me, you know? <laughs> so I can just never. <laughs> no one dislikes uh, you. Uh, no one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if something doesn't work, I mean, the best way to do it in marketing is to split test. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you're at marketing on Facebook, most things, I mean, these be in the old days, you can send it literally a split test would be I'm sending 100 letters to this, this city and I'm sending a different letter to the same zip code in the same city and right. see which one pulls better. We used to make them different colors. The reply cards, some are orange, some are blue. And then you have data, yeah, no you, questions yeah, asked. Yeah, you say yeah, this many blue ones, I got this many orange ones, that's the one that works. That's the yeah. beauty of TubeBuddy yeah. uh, for YouTube. The thing Evan Carmichael showed me, the split test. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's the thumbnails and the titling and same stuff, but. Yeah, make it, I mean, playing around with the, uh, the cognitive fluency and novelty. And the reward of the of the title will, will will dictate that. Data puts an arrow through the heart of a lot of these, you know, because these are all emotional. Uh, and so, like, yeah. when you have numbers in front of you, it changes a lot of things. You're surprised sometimes, you know. Well, sunken cost, right? Right. And you know, when you're when you're when you're an artist, which is what you are, I'm not not so much. I mean, I write. When you write a book or an idea, you put yourself out there to be criticized. Right. And 
if the only thing you really have at some time is, 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 the, is your confidence. Like I remember I told you my father told me that I was the best baseball player on the field every day of my life. and You live up to it. Yeah, but it wasn't true. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, you know but it, but it, i played better than i probably would have had i didn't have that that confidence but at some point that backfired on you you know right particularly right. you know later on in life when you don't work as hard to get a result because you think you're really better than you really are that backfires on you life's about balance man big time about balance what do you think i feel like we we did these things justice I can't emphasize the power of, any, of, of being aware of these if you're a consumer and if you're a storyteller and a marketer and you want to build your message and, uh, you know, and share that message through, the, through, through a business um, to, to, to ethically build these into your, your marketing. Yeah. yeah. And, your, and your messaging consistently. All, all, all you brands out there, you know, these are necessary things this is the secret sauce to any marketing campaigns yeah these, these are what the high-paid copywriters get paid to do the high-paid speech writers uh, any massive political actions any massive movements any massive growth in companies you're going to see as was the case in amazon that these are going to be there they'll be they'll be somewhere around yeah. and if you can't spot them they've been really well written and communicated amen amen so let us know if you have any questions or anything else you want to talk about with regard to these i mean we love this stuff we can talk about it all day but and also hopefully the the flow continues to be clear with regard to storytelling and you know being compelling using these to share your stories to understand the communication it, it's a communication tool um and, and pushes you another step forward with regard to your your personal growth your business um, and everything in between. So you want to talk about we, next week? Yeah, we set the stage for Riveted, which is compelling. Cognitive biases, which is taking action. And then this little book, this little 100-page baby, Ogmondino is the greatest salesman in the world. A lot of people advocate for that book. Isn't that The Rock's big book? He, he talks about this all he the time. He is one of them, yeah, yeah. Do you follow The Rock? A little bit, yeah. Is he selling any products right now? Is he is he showing up on any endorsements? Mm, the only thing recently I think I saw was headphones. Maybe He's showing headphones because yeah, yeah. I've, I don't I don't follow too much, but the, I think the last thing I saw was he was promoting headphones that I think he created for like the, like workout type headphones. Yeah, that's that's called influenced by mere association, by the way, which is another cognitive bias. Like someone someone endorses something, all of a sudden it's it's good for you. But he talks about the greatest salesman in the world, Ogmandino. And this is a really short read about selling, um, I, I, the intrinsics of selling, the, the, the little thing. It's, it shows up in the form of little scrolls. There's 10 scrolls that this great salesman, it's an ancient story. It's, it reminds me a lot of The Alchemist, but much shorter, much more directed. But Can't wait to dive right in. Sweet. All right. Well, so how do they get in touch with us on social? Uh, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, ask us questions anywhere, DM us on Instagram, anywhere like that. We'll find it. I'll find it. Let these guys know. Please. And in the near future, something to get excited about. We're going to start going live. So the, the wheels are turning there. Oh, no more editing? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> we don't edit. I've never edited a thing in my life. I think I dropped my camera in the ocean because there was all kinds of corrosion. Our, yeah. our camera didn't work. There's a starfish in his... Uh... <laughs> starfish. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, take care. All right. Bye. Take care.